we're gonna do it in two parts, so it's not like <laughs> don't get like overwhelmed. Like oh, I was Stephen about is gonna to get there. Like what is this test now? No, no, it's not a test. <laughs> Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. No, 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 wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Hey, guys, hey, guys, welcome to Objectively Incorrect. My name is Stephen Smith. I'm your host for today, and today I'm joining the studio with Clarissa Bell, a.k.a. I know as Tyler. I'm not going to say a.k.a. because... Some people know as Clarissa, I know as Taya. Taya, welcome to the show. Hi. Taya is uh, jumping out of a perfectly good airport aficionado. She's also um, a complete conqueror of fear. Um, she's achieved a whole lot in life. She's employee of the month. But not only that, she's also a go-getter and a motivational speaker. I'm going to say you, what you are, even if you don't do it yet. Oh, <laughs> me spoiling the surprise. Man, am I spoiling the surprise? No. No, you're not spoiling the surprise at all. I mean, hey, if you're going to lay the groundwork, why not? Let's just do it. <laughs> all right. As normal as regular, um, guys, we're going to start off this show. Well, today we're going to be talking about her jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, just like I said, she's an aficionado of that. And we're going to talk about some other stuff, especially like dealing with fear. Um, we're going to also be touching on <laughs> cell phones and so on. So let's just see what happens, right? All right, so the first thing, as usual, we're going to do a fact or fiction section, which I'm going to give you five statements, and you're going to say if you think they're true or if they think they're false. Okay. All right, now, usually we make this into a game, but if you don't win, don't worry <laughs> about it. We won't, we won't linger on it whatsoever. But try your best to get three right out of five. And because you like jumping out of your planes, I've, chose, I've chosen... Three statements that have to do with just that. Way to lay the pressure Skydiving. on. Skydiving. Jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. So let's go. Number one. Approximately 21 million skydives occur annually. Approximately 21 million skydives occur annually. True or false? True. False. What? It's actually approximately... 3.1 million skydives. Oh my gosh. All right. Okay. And out of this, the average number of fatalities is around 55. Good. I didn't know that before. Right. <laughs> Which is way less than 1% of the jumps that take place. I ain't watching the percentage. I'm still watching that 55. <laughs> <laughs> How is it that I just said 3.1 million? I and don't like, care. I just stuck on that 55 right now. And more, like though. 55 like, is like beaming out at you. That is because it just sounds like a lot, especially for our population, it sounds like a lot. It would be. It would be a lot. If like 55 people died in sync is from skydiving, that exactly. would definitely be a lot. In fact, if three people died from skydiving, it's like, done with the skydiving business here. <laughs> we are, it's over. Stop. <laughs> right? Number two. Felix. Oh my God, I'm going to Okay. Felix, I cannot pronounce this name. Baumgartner. Mm-hmm. Felix Baumgartner broke the highest skydive record on the 14th of October, 2012, by jumping from a height of one. 128,100 feet or 39 kilometers. True or false? True. That's true. Definitely. 128,100 feet. They say you jump from 18,000? Yeah. You got a lot to go, sweetheart. That's what I'm saying. You got got about (laughs) 10 times the... uh, (laughs) Nine times that, at least. At least. 
Nah, it's probably eight. Eight times that. All right. The youngest, number three, the youngest to accomplish the feat of skydiving was four years old. False. And it's true. The what? jump was a tandem four years? jump. Four years old. What? The, the the, jump. What was this that parent like, thinking? I don't know. It sounds like negligence, right? Like, no, I'm saying. Like years, and you, you, your child is like 12. That's what I'm saying. And you're like, I'm not carrying him up there because he's not 18. These people are like, my child was four, darling. <laughs> broke, the sky, broke the record. The jump was a tandem jump, skydiving while being harnessed to a trainer and was made from an elevation of 10,000 feet. That's not too high. It's just, not. You're so boasting. It's like it's not. I've done. You wasn't boasting after the first fact when it was like hundred and twenty. The dude probably had so many jumps that he, that he made his way up to that. Of course, he was probably crazy. All right, Michael Zhang created a new world record by completing five hundred jumps in a day. True or false? False. And that's true. What? His jumps. This is so crazy. Like I saw this and I was like. How? 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 In God's name. What is he doing with his life? Just jumping this is out of how he did it. This is how he did it. His jumps were made in intervals of less than three minutes. And he jumped. He performed these jumps from 2,100 feet. Not mm. 21,000. Literally 2,100 feet. Mm-hmm. That's how he did it. Yeah, that does make sense. Because less time right. to get up in Exactly. Here. Just jump. Pull your parachute. Shoot, get it over Get it over it. Over it next. <laughs> and do that 500 times. Wow. That is still an effort. Like, one, with one, you know, the highly likelihood that he might have made one mistake in 500 jumps? That's what I'm jumps? saying. That, that's, that's, he has to have perfect timing for that. Because, I mean, to make sure that you open the parachute at the right time, to ensure that you ain't for five, splatter. Exactly. Because 2,000 feet is still... That ain't that, it's not no, that high. That's, that's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's still death. All right? All right, number five. Uh, the record for the largest freefall formation was accomplished by 400 people. The record for the largest freefall formation was accomplished by 400 people. True or false? True. Yeah, it is true. It was set in Udon Thani, Thailand by, by the world team. I don't know they call itself the world team. <laughs> the skydivers joined hands and stayed in that formation for 4.25 seconds. Oh, yeah, I think that was on Guinness or one of those shows. I saw it, it somewhere. Yeah. 400 people. Yeah. That is good. They went up in helicopters. I think it's 10. Big yeah, they had Hercules to do different, yeah. Helicopters, and then they had to coordinate the jump, so most yep. of them jump out at the same time, so they could actually, like, try to meet. Uh, yeah. That is crazy. crazy. <laughs> All right, and that's number five, so that's it. You're done. I don't even know how much you got. I got two right. There you go. So, Tyo, <laughs> you recently jump out of a perfectly good perfectly functional aircraft <laughs> and when i heard you say that i thought you were joking the first day this had to be like two weeks ago and you you came here you had to do a little carding and whatnot but then you said that you jump out to move in the airplane and i'm like i thought i walked by is this a <laughs> metaphor you know maybe she's saying like she jumped out of one life and just jumped into another one and i'm like I ain't never met no black... Well, that's not, that's not true. I've met a few black people who jumped out moving a, a perfectly good aircraft, but I've never met anybody who I could actually sit down and talk to. So tell me, <laughs> why did you even... How did you even come up with the idea to jump out of a moving aircraft? Like a perfectly good, functional, moving airliner. Why? <laughs> Let's hear this story now. <laughs> Guys, she did it. She got pictures, picture proof. That might probably be the thumbnail for this entire show. <laughs> 
Okay, in all honesty, I've been wanting to do this for the last two years, two to two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I had enough time to make up my mind. You got to do this. Like, you really no got to do this. And I've made several attempts over those two and a half years. And every time I make an attempt to do it, it's either the not in season or they close that day. There's not enough jumpers for that day, so you can't do the jump. I've tried. I've tried it all in the Caribbean. I've literally tried it all. So you, you, so you tried. You tried doing it in the Caribbean first. Yes, I oh, tried doing okay. it in the Caribbean. I tried. We used. They used to have some jumpers here in Saint Kitts, like mm-hmm. a couple of years back. That wasn't available anymore because I think they either they're out of business or they just don't jump here anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to do it in the British Virgin Islands. I tried to do it in the US Virgin Islands, and <laughs> it just, wasn't, it just work. wasn't working. It just wasn't working. Also, I was like, no, man, I really need to do this thing because I mean. It's like, how do I explain this? They say on the other side of fear, yeah. there's always something better. There's like, just, it's just a whole new world. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And I think I had finally made my mind up when I watched this episode with Will Smith. He was actually doing an interview similar to this. Oh, and he was talking about this night that he went out with his friends. He was in Dubai. Uh-huh. And he said... The night, he said he remembered being, you know, intoxicated and everybody was like, oh, we're going to jump on an airplane tomorrow. And he's like, oh yeah, we're going to jump on an airplane tomorrow. And he was like, wait, wait. I, just, <laughs> I, just I just agreed to jump in out of an airplane uh. tomorrow. And he's like, in his head, no, I can't be the punk to jump, to not do it. Like, yeah. everybody is going to do it. Nobody going to punk me. Uh. And he was like, the whole night before this jump, he ain't sleep. The morning to this jump and he went to this place, is like, he trying to figure out, what the hell did I really sign up for? Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> and then I think where he caught my full attention was when he said that on his way up and actually jumping out uh-huh. was a whole different... It just opened his eyes to a whole different view of just life and the world. I mean, not just the physical view, but just mm-hmm. the idea that we could actually, you know, do something this incredible, this incredible and just feel a difference compared to just walking on earth, if you understand what I mean. It's like flying. Yeah. And it's like he enjoyed it so much. The very next day, I think it was, uh, probably like a week or two after, he took his son to do it. Mm-hmm. So I was, um, Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, if you're going to take your son to do this thing, then hell yeah, I'm doing this. Like, I'm doing Wait, this. When did he do this? Because the, the, when you said he jumped, over, I, I think one time he jumped over the Grand Canyon. I think that was what he said. No, he had, he had, um, he actually, it was over Dubai, somewhere like Dubai, one of those Middle Eastern countries. Oh, okay. Okay. So Because the jump, when he jumped, you had like the other... It was like a, a specific view he was looking mm. for. You remember, what's that island that they have? The, the one that they like made? Palm. Oh, yeah, the Palm the Island. The, yeah. mm-hmm. Palm so, Island in Dubai. Yeah, so that's where he was jumping over. And he, like I said, he the, the fact that he could actually take his son after to do that jump mm-hmm. is like, he said he wanted his son to get that experience. There was something about that experience that he got that he wanted his son Sh- to experience. To share it. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So you're saying you're carrying your 12-year-old son to jump out of the Yes, yeah, soon as he hit 18, hell yes. <laughs> but Jane was 18 at that time? Yes, he would have yeah, been. Yeah, he would have yes, been, yeah, been 18 about that time, yeah. Because you, you can't, I think it's across the board. You have to be 18 and older to do the jump. Mm. It doesn't matter how high. Even if it's tandem? Tandem meaning it's strapped in. Even, yeah, you have to be 18. Because, you know, that's legal adult consent. I mean, mm. with all these legal forms that you're signing, because I'm sure I saw death at at the end of some of of those sentences. And I was like, you know what? I I just shut my eye and sign. (laughs) 
Because I was doing it anyway. But then, like, so where did you where did you do your jump? Where did you? So I did my jump in Orlando. It was very close to the um, Kennedy Space Center. Mm, so mm. the name of the center was um, Sky Space. I think it was Skydive Space Center. So that's in Orlando, Orlando, mm. Florida. And where I was staying, it was an hour drive. So I had hour drive to punk out. <laughs> And, and you didn't. And I didn't. I slept straight you the, the night before. You let Tyra. Come on. <laughs> like, you, you, come on now. Suppose. Suppose I was the last. Anyway, continue. <laughs> That's the next set of questions I have, like, to you. But yeah. <laughs> The night before, I slept. Because I was like, I even played back in my head the whole episode with Will Smith. I was like, really? I don't feel that. You, you don't know, feel like, the anxiety? I don't feel the anxiety. I was, I went through my day like normal and everybody was like, oh, you're ready? Because I, I, I really went to Orlando for a conference. Oh, okay. So uh-huh. I was with other team members um, for the company that I work for and everybody was like, you really going to do this thing? Like, nah. And then this guy, one of these guys was like, a woman from the Caribbean? I've never met a woman from the Caribbean that actually do something like this. I was like, I'm not every woman from the Caribbean. I am going to do this. The only other woman I know is Naima Hazel. <laughs> like, the only other person. And she did it for the Visitor Channel. Really? Yeah. Well, you, you, you remember you spoke um, um, about them doing it in St. Kitts. Mm-hmm. And they did do it in St. Kitts for, I yeah, think, okay. a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and she, one of the pieces that we did for the Visitor Channel, I was the, the, the video guy at the time, the cameraman. And... We did a piece on skydiving. So wait, you were the video guy and you did not at one point think, I need to try this. Are you crazy? I'm the video guy who is definitely afraid of heights. Are you mad? It seems to be a thing across the board because I went to BVI last weekend and my videographer, and he's also a producer as well. Mm. He said the same thing. He was like, Clarissa. I'm definitely. I am not <laughs> going to be jumping out of a perfectly working plane. Are you mad? For this. Never. But and the thing about it is that the same year that I wanted to do it in the US, the British Virgin Islands, he was the one that I was telling about. I said, but look, you're my videographer. You have to do this thing with me. How am I going to get footage? He was like, GoPro girl. Go GoPro. Pro. <laughs> you might not see yourself, but you're going to see where you saw. So <laughs> let's just do it he perspective. Was like, he was like, I'm going to strap a lot of GoPros on you because I am not getting up there. I am going to stay I from the ground and I'm going to cheer you on, but I'm not getting I'm up gonna, there. I'm going to tell you straight up, Ty. Straight up. Straight up. I remember the last time we, we had a job um, with some Chinese people and they wanted us to go up in a helicopter four times to do a tour around saying it's four mm-hmm. times. Now, I have motion sickness. I don't know why I have motion sickness, but I have motion sickness and I am definitely afraid of heights. Daffly, like it just vertigo to the gods, right? <laughs> and the first time I went up, I was like, okay, it might not be so bad. These they're gonna try to do the trips fast because I have to do four of them in an afternoon. So I'm like, okay, each tour is gonna last about 15 minutes. I took some pills that my mother gave me, something called <laughs> gravel. Um, took them, I felt fine. F- went on the first trip, it was going okay. Halfway to the trip, I'm fine. Then the, the, the pilot decides, oh, we're having such a good time. Instead of doing a 15-minute tour, we're going to do a 40-minute tour. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I could remember so succinctly at like maybe minute 30 or minute 28, because I was watching me watch the other time. I was like, this is more than 15 minutes. Right? <laughs> I want to go back and go. And then he, he, like, he reached the bus and we were supposed to go back to the airport because the tour started at the airport. And he's like, well, guys, we're going to... We're gonna take a longer trip. We're gonna go across the Atlantic. You hear me? We're gonna go across the Atlantic Ocean. Oh uh, yeah, we, we're gonna we're gonna take a little extension on the tour. Extension on the tour. <laughs> I wasn't even. I was like, 
And he, I told them, I told the pilots that I, I, I have motion sickness and I'm afraid of heights. I told them straight up. I said, I'm going to try my best to do as much tours as I can. But if I start getting sick, mm-hmm. I am going to just, I'm well, going to That was stop. a perfect opportunity for you to jump out of the helicopter. I'm just saying. Tyler, if I'm you want to get booted off this show as quickly as possible. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But, but no, he probably was. And I told you, like, I wasn't too far from it. Tyler started to cold sweat. <laughs> I started to feel nauseous. I started to get this kind of weird headache. And when I said cold sweat, like, I'm sweating bullets, but I am freezing. <laughs> freezing. Scared. Like, I did, like, 15 to 25 minutes of it, I was fine. But when he reached like the 30 minute mark, I started to get sick. No, I think it was the point where you realized that he actually said you're going to extend it to it and yes. your body goes, what, what the, the hell? hell? <laughs> what am I doing here? I know you got motion sickness. Why are you doing on this plane? Why did I take this damn job? And like we're going around it. And he's like, to me, the helicopter slowed down. We went around the rest <laughs> of the island. Everything was in slow motion after it that. It was like 20 minutes. I was fine. I was taking pictures. Everybody's having it. And it was a cramped space too. And I'm also, I have claustrophobia. So, which is like the fear of tight, cramped, small spaces. And we basically knee to knee with these short Chinese people. And I am knee to knee with them in the space, um, in the middle of two people because they say like, if you got motion sickness, it's probably the best place to be. And I'm like, it wasn't. <laughs> I felt even more claustrophobic if I was closer to a, like a window, I probably would have feel better, but I just wasn't. Also, I had my back turned to where the, the, the thing was going. And I told them from the start when I got in, I was like, I don't want to have my back turned to where we're going. It's going to make me even more sick. Mm-hmm. And the lady was like, no, 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 no. In terms of weight, because I'm with Chinese people, they're very short, very tiny people, very efficient human beings, right? I am the biggest one in this helicopter. <laughs> so they put me in a space where I, I guess I won't throw off the, 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 the yaw balance, of the, yeah. the balance of the, of the aircraft. And I have my back turned to this thing and I swear I done frightened. Like the helicopter going up, I don't want to tell them, put me down. But soldier, it's true. Going through the peninsula path. <laughs> I am like, this plane is going slower. <laughs> like we went around the entire of St. Kitts in like 15 to 20 minutes. And then the 10 minute mark is when like we're going to Bastion and he slows down to Bastion because he's going to Bastion. He wants everybody to see what's going on and look at the port and blah, blah, blah. So I understand 10 minutes more. Okay, fine. But then he's like, we're going we're gonna to take a trip. Oh, we're going to go over. We're going to extend the tour just a little <laughs> bit and go all the way over the thing. And then we're going around and again, sicker and sicker and sicker. By the time we get to like the end, like over by where Spice Mill is, over by Cockershell, yeah. I am sick to a level where I can't take any more pictures. My head hurts. I can't fake it anymore in front of these people. Oh, wow. I am sick. And I'm like, the, the, the pilot goes over and he's like, uh, hey, Stephen, are you doing okay behind you? I said, um, I'm feeling a little sick. I think my head is starting to hurt and I have cold sweats. Uh, okay, we're going we're gonna, to, okay, Stephen, we're going we're gonna to wrap the tour up now. Next 10 minutes in the ear, I'm still, and it feel, 10 minutes feels like hours to me. Because I am sick. I just want to get off the flight and just put my feet on the ground. <laughs> right? And he's going over. He's flying over. Okay, guys, we're coming in. Uh, base yourself. We're going to land now. Coming down, coming down. Land. I jump off the, the, the aircraft. And I'm like, like heaving up. Like, I'm not, I'm not literally vomiting, but I feel like I want to vomit. And like the, wow. the, the attendant is like, Stephen, are you going to go up on the next trip? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not. 
I, I think I'm done for the day. <laughs> All right. Hand off the, 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 um, the camera equipment to my associate, my assistant, partner, whatever. And she goes on the thing and she does the rest. She does one more trip. She's not, she doesn't have any of these issues. She's not claustrophobic. She's all <laughs> hyped about the ride. Yay, look at me flying. And the thing is, what gets me is that every single tour after my tour went for about 15 minutes. It probably was 15 minutes. You just didn't realize no, that it was 15 it minutes. It was like 45 minutes, man. <laughs> Goddamn. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Really? It's not as bad as you think. In all honesty, mm-hmm. it really isn't. I had a full breakfast that morning. Craziness. I'm serious. I had a full breakfast that morning and I sat in the room with about two, about six other jumpers. And the, 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 all of you went on the same flight? No. Oh, okay. um, you ha- there's like a, well, I did the highest jump, which is 18,000 feet. Oh, the highest jump that they have. The highest jump that anyone could do in the world. 18,000 feet? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay. All right. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I saw 40,000. Like in India, there, there's some that I think go up to... One, one guy said he did 40,000 feet. I um, guess. Anyway, everybody yeah. got their own, their own thing. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so you did the highest one that they had. The highest one they had is 18,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically... Or, or is it 18,000 Meters. What? Are you crazy? 18,000 meters would be <laughs> a lot. Really? For you? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot because feet, feet, I think one meter is three point something feet. So if it's 18,000 meters, mm-hmm. which is 18 kilometers, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's pretty freaking high, man. <laughs> that's, that's, that is, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I think, yeah, anyway, go ahead. So, so you went up to 18,000 feet, yeah. meters, something. Yeah. So, I mean. And how much people were with you? Like, how much did you Okay, so with? I did this, the one that, you were, where I was strapped on to, you know, the instructor, basically. Uh-huh. And. Which is called a tandem, I think. Yes. Mm. So, basically, how that works is that you're basically strapped on to the person that is, you know, the professional, basically. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's the one or she would be the one guiding you through the whole process. Uh-huh. Um, the trick to it is, and trust me, like I said, it's not as bad as people really makes, make, make it out to, to be. be. Uh-huh. I was fine. Like, I was actually hyped to get this thing done and over so with. So all when you're going up on the plane, you're like... Chop, chop, let's get this done. Exactly. I, and I think I was that comfortable because it's like the person that I had, the instructor that I had, he was basically walking me through the whole process, like every step of the way. Mm-hmm. So I knew what was what was coming, what to expect, what I was supposed to do when. Nothing was ever given to me, like all the instructions at one time. So I would, I never felt overloaded or overwhelmed at any point at in any time. Point. Uh-huh. And then I had, there's one, two, yeah. I think four jumped in the same plane with me. Mm. But I did the first jump because I did the highest. And the morning when we were all in the room filling out the paper, I was like, why y'all only doing 12,000 feet? That makes no sense. You come all this way. Mind you, I am trying to get them to go where. Because I'm like, if you're going to come all this way, because one girl was from New York or Michigan or something like that. Uh And it was her birthday. So I was like, really? You're only going to do the 12? Like, that makes no sense. I was like, right there. Are you still touching the ground? Peer pressure. Peer pressure. No, but I mean, come on. If you're going to, if if this is the one time you're going to do this, right? Uh Because, I mean, for them, it's like a Mm one-off. If this is the one time you're going to do something so epic, 
just go big or go home. Like, really? Come on. Like, Tell you, who are you? Are you secretly superwoman am, no, or something? No, I'm so serious. Like, for me, in the back of my head, I was like, I asked, I had a fear of heights at one point. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kindred spirits then. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? If, if I don't do this, I'm going to die anyway. Because that's one short, one thing we're sure about, we have to die. We all have to die. So if I don't do this, I'm still going to die. If I do this, there's a possibility I'm going to die. So dark. So um, I could either die in this epic way, in a <laughs> sense. No, because I mean, look at it this way. How many people do I really know that has actually jumped out of a plane? I know too. And actually be like, oh my God, this is awesome. I've seen it on TV. I have never literally experienced it for myself. Mm-hmm. And all of these things that some people show you on TV is nowhere near anything that for actually doing it yourself. The experience like, is the much. The experience was so much better. So, okay. <laughs> We're on this plane and you're on the plane with like six other people. You're the only one doing a tandem flight? or ev- Everybody else is doing a tandem okay, flight. But the so. six persons that I'm talking about are like, they're guests basically. Okay. It's like when you go on tour, you have guests, so uh-huh. they're guests just like me. So they had like six people and six instructors on this yes. plane. Well, how big is this plane? Like, is it's, it was? It's a good. It's a good size because I mean, it did two trips. Mm. So we had about eight jumpers, including myself. So they did two trips. Okay. So I went up with the first with the first trip. Mm. And you know, I mean, really and truly, another reason why I was doing this too was um, I needed the footage because I'm doing motivational speaking and I want to start getting some actual footage together. You know, mm-hmm. it's always best when you could actually say, look, I, I've lived this, yes, I've yes, done this, sure. I've been through this, rather mm-hmm. than to be talking about something that you you have no clue no what it's about. And for me, it's like the moment I saw the, the plane rolling out on that tarmac, I was like, Yes. I was literally like, yes, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. I was literally jumping up and down like a kid in a candy store. I was hyped for this thing. What are you And everybody watching me like... Are you crazy? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then... We, you know, I start putting on my uh, my harness and everything. Ready to go. Is it heavy? Um, No. It's not heavy because the harness is basically what is going to be strapped on to, to the you. instructor. Oh, okay. So it's like you have the harness on everything and then there's like the buckles to go strap on to your instructor. So you don't basically feel the weight. Mm. The instructor is basically carrying his, the parachute and everything in his, um, in his naps, pack. Yeah, in his pack. So it, you don't feel anything. Mm. So that's basically what it is. And it's to me, it's pretty safe because you... Sh- Everything that could possibly be strapped up was strapped, strapped up. up. <laughs> yeah. But then, it, then what is your responsibility as um, the person on the tandem then? Like, you said that you had, like, instructions. Like, what were the instructions like for you? So, like, like, for example, when we're going up in the plane, he would indicate to me, you know, as you, you, know, as you change altitude, there's, like, your, the pressure, your yeah. pressure on your ears. So he would give you instruction as, you know, when to actually hold your nose and blow. Mm. That was one. He was actually showing me, because he has this watch that had all... As the plane changed the altitude, his watch was going I'll up in the me altitude. Me. So I was literally looking... I think he was trying to psych me out, but it didn't work. Because uh, he was like, "This is I'm sitting, and he has the watch right in front of my face. And he's like, willful, look, look. Willful, <laughs> you know? willful. Yeah. So you could see the altitude. And yeah. The- and I was like, is it? And just to show you that he couldn't psych me, I was like, is it time yet? Every minute I was like, is it time? He was like, no, you have to keep looking. <laughs> At no point for me, it's like, I had two jumpers with me. And that the reason I had two jumpers was one was my videographer. So he did like, yeah. A whole surveillance. Uh-huh. And then I had the GoPro attached to my instructor who was attached to me. Mm-hmm. So 
the my videographer jumped out first. First, of course, so that and he could see you jump. Yeah, but it was strange enough. I was like, if I look out the plane, I'm gonna feel scared. And I actually looked out. I was like, okay, Ty, you're really doing this. Like you're really doing this. And I look out again, and I'm like. Man, I done up in the ear. Ain't no way I punking out now. So I doing this. I done pay me money. Exactly. Exactly. I done pay me money. <laughs> so like, so then, so so the the guy jumps out. The the cinematographer jumps out, and yeah. then you guys jump out right after. No, there was like a maybe about a five minute space in between there because yeah, because it's like for him because he's he's five that. minutes. Yeah, about I would think about that like five minutes, like three to five minutes. Before I jump out, because imagine, right? Just to show you, you think I'm crazy. These guys are way worse than I am. He but jumps they, out and he looks like as if he's just gliding with the plane. Like literally, I swear he's just gliding with the plane because I'm still seeing him. And this is me now at the door of the plane getting ready to jump out. And I'm still seeing him. So I'm like, dude, like you just went out like a good way before me and you're still up here like you know mm. because everybody has this 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 um understanding that when once you're jumping out it's a fall it's not really a fall and i think oh, it doesn't feel like it doesn't fall. feel like it because you resistance. have yeah you have the ear pushing you up and at the same time gravity is pulling you down, down. so you're basically in this pocket so to speak Ooh. so then the only thing that was really a shocker for me was the cold ear. Even, yes, you know that the ear is cold at that altitude, but then it almost felt like somebody just hit me with a snowball in my face. <laughs> Literally. I was like, oh my God, this is cold. Like, when I when I actually got out, because even uh-huh. though you're in the plane, you feel in the ear, but because it's circulating in the plane, you don't really feel yeah, the frost cold. on it. Yeah, uh-huh. But the minute you jump out, that was like one Bam. slap here. Brap. <laughs> Literally God of cold. And... The trick to it is, as I was telling telling um, telling you earlier, is that I flipped out of the plane backwards. So even though I was at the edge of the plane and I saw, well, okay, there is a there is a drop. Yes, yes, of course. Uh-huh. There is it's 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 a, it's a psychological thing. If you're not mentally prepared for something like that, then you're gonna you're gonna really panic. Mm. It's just like when, when people go into surgery and you put them on. If they're not mentally prepared, that's where complications happen because the mind is so powerful. Mm. Once you tell yourself this is what can happen, it can happen because your mind just automatically receive that information. Just like how it sends information to your nerves, it can receive information too. So that's like that's spiritual. That's very spiritual. yeah. So it's like. I already told myself, look, Ty, you're flipping out of this plane. And I tell the instructor this since we're on the ground. I said, look, I want to flip out the plane. This is what I want to do. This is why I'm doing this. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he's just as hyped as I am. So it was was all the more fun. Uh, And I flip out the plane and I swear it was like slow motion. Like, you know, when you're watching an action movie and you just... That base wipe. Yeah. And then the next thing I can remember is that he tapping me on my shoulder because at that point now you start to record. Mm. So the art, the, vide- the, the videographer who is around me, he's like, he's just Moving. doing stunts. And I guess all that's all a part of getting good, you know, content good based uh-huh. on based on what he's doing. He was actually, we are falling and he's actually under me, like on his back. His back is facing the earth and he's comfortable. He's laughing and he's like high-fiving me and I'm like, they say I crazy like really have they seen this <laughs> but I mean the flip out mm-hmm. like I said because my eyes were closed and I had already makeup in my look you're gonna do this anyway uh-huh. you don't feel like you're falling it literally just feels like this slow motion kind of pocket I felt like I was floating even though I know you're, you, you're going to the you're going to the ground mm-hmm. it's like 
that that space, just that space, and then there's like a little parachute at the top, the yeah. smaller parachute. So it, that also gives you some sort Resistance. of flotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're we're basically you know we're dropping, but the angle that it also has to do with the shape of the body shape that mm-hmm. you the position that you're holding as if well. You, if you flat out, then you go slower. But then yeah. if you so you, the instructor is basically, you know, he had already told me this is what you have to do. So as soon as you get into the position where you're away from the plane, then you position yourself into the flat out motion, basically. Yeah, so and that you that, could. Yeah, that actually helps a lot. It helps a lot. But then when from okay, so you said that the cold air started rushing against your face mm-hmm. like somebody trust nobody. Yeah. In your face. Like did that ever subside or, or did you just probably not think when about you it? reach to a normal altitude and normal altitude would be like when you could actually see where you're gonna land. <laughs> And that's when that's when like that's you don't like, feel as cold anymore. Yeah, for me that was about ten minutes. You were falling five for to 10, ten minutes. No, between five to ten minutes before you actually reach the reach the the, the tarmac again. Hold on, okay. Bye, this is a difficult question because in my mind I'm doing these mathematics. But how long did it take you to reach from from the time you jumped the jump out the plane? How long did it take you to reach to the? The to actual. be honest, it, it's just like your experience, you feel like it's forever. Uh-huh. And really and truly, I think based on what their calculations is for that height, they say you basically, you basically get like a, like a 15 minute fall, but it doesn't feel like 50 minutes. I mean, 15 minutes because during the whole, the whole coming down, it's like I was getting a tour of the space center. He was having conversations with me. We were basically like, did you guys have any like headsets or? No, he had on a helmet, but he flipped up the helmet so he could actually have a conversation with me while we were, where we were coming down. And it's like, you're so distracted with the view. You're so distracted with everything that he's telling you. It's like, you forget that you're even in the ear. What? No, seriously, because I mean, I got a tour this the, the Kennedy Space Center, and he's you know telling me all these things that they do at the center, and then you're seeing all the the you, you actually see the horizon. You know, when you're watching TV and you see people going up in the space, there's like this 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 sphere. Yeah, yeah, this sphere. Uh-huh. And you I was saw like, that? N- yeah, I was like, never in my wildest dreams would I ever think that I would actually see something like this, because I thought you had to be in space to actually see it, but. At that altitude, you can actually see it. You can see the Earth's curve. Yeah, you see it. And it's like, because Orlando is right there, where we, they have an ocean, basically. So you mm. could actually see, you could see the roundness of the Earth from that altitude. So it's like, there's so many things to be fascinated with when you're up there that you, you're really not paying attention to the fact that, oh my God, I'm going to hit the ground. I am falling. <laughs> and if I drop, I will not get up. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's something like there's something so amazing about a human being reaching to a point that they're excited about jumping out of a plane, yeah, and falling to the ground. Like I don't know if it's like maybe it's the fear me because again there's so much things that I could think of that could make me scared of your experience. Like mm-hmm. I don't like heights. I don't like cramped spaces. I probably wouldn't like some guy on my back. Um, <laughs> rubbing his stuff against my booty. Oh my gosh. And it probably isn't anything like that. But I mean, what do you, like in the end, what did you take away from that experience? Like what, like, I mean, jumping out of the plane, but what, how do you feel? Did you feel different after you, you reached the ground? Did you? I, mean, I think the, you, the moment that I touched down and I actually looked back up because remember I told you there was a second flight that went up. Uh-huh. And you're looking at all the other parachutes that are falling. I was like, 
oh my freaking god i was just up there <laughs> it's like that was the that was the first thing i said after after i was like firmly on the ground detached from everything else and i looked up and i was like shit i was just up there like tell you just freaking jump out of a perfectly working plane perfectly like perfectly working and it was like Functional. never you know sometimes you feel like you see things on TV, you feel like, oh, it's only this special could do this. It's only people with this kind of could do this. And it's yeah. like, it's ain't that. It, it has to do with you and what you want to do with your life, where you want to be, the things you want to experience. And for me, that was something that I really wanted to experience. It was beyond just, okay, I just wanted to do it. But mm. at the same time, there's certain things when you, when, you, when you talk about people being afraid of this and afraid of that. Fear is just something that we created. We literally created it in our own minds. Yes, it's a protective mechanism, but there's some things that we, we terrify ourselves also so bad, like we scared shitless. Mm-hmm, yeah. And we never do it because we feel like, okay, this is like the end. Mm-hmm. And then when you really, like for me, when I really actually do, I said, look at what I accomplished. I said, no, if anybody could ask me about it, I, I could actually have a conversation about them, it. Yeah. I can actually say, look, this is something that, you're taking it the wrong way like you know like some people like oh suppose you crash suppose your parachute didn't oh you know i got i got all of those questions right because when i went to management meeting i got all of those questions um the engine was working right this was working right so why the hell you jump out and i'm like i don't if you're not along a certain if you're not thinking along certain lines or if you're not into certain things, then you won't get it. And I can't blame somebody for not getting it. But at the same time, it's like, it's an experience that I could definitely say if, if you're a fearful person, mm-hmm. it's something you should probably make up your mind to do. Why I said that is because, like I said, I was in the position where you was in. I wasn't really claustrophobic or anything, but heights. Yeah, got you. Yeah, because sometimes I would fly and, you you know, you feel the plane dip. Yes, 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 of course. You know, that, you, know, you know, that don't bother me, no. No, it doesn't bother me so much either. But it made it even better since I did the jump. Like, turbulence is like nothing to me now. I traveled last weekend and I'm telling you, the plane was like up and down. I was like, oh, okay. Because it's like in the back of my head, because I don't do this, I feel like the only thing I could do now is shop on a parachute and just jump. And just jump out the plane? You sound like a bad mother effort. <laughs> don't give a crap about nobody. <laughs> I tell you, actually, the other day, when I went to New York last year, um, me and my girl, we were sitting in the same um, same aisle. Well, it was not aisle seat. It was a window seat, but it's mm-hmm. three seats. And um, JetBlue. And the lady who was on the end, she was like this, she seemed like this Spanish lady. She come from Puerto Rico. I'm guessing she's Spanish because she didn't speak any English whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And there was some turbulence. Now, normally, I think I would be like completely freaked out. But... I don't know if maybe I had to be a man at the time. Not really, nah. <laughs> it's just it didn't it didn't affect me. To me, it wasn't that mm-hmm. bad. It wasn't like oh god. It wasn't like a deep drop kind mm-hmm. of thing. It was just a little, like a lot of rumbling for a certain mm-hmm. part of it. And I look across and I see the lady crying, like she was having a breakdown. She was, oh my god, and like she can't she can't speak English, so mm-hmm. it's like she's crying and I can't communicate with her. So like. This is when, like, my human say, come on, I was like, I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And she's like, mm. <laughs> a lot. So, like, I put on my hand and then she, she held my hand and she started, like, calling me S- hand yeah. and she hadn't called, like, for reason. Yeah. She is terrified, tired, yeah. like, petrified. And I'm there holding her hand and I'm like, holding her hand with one hand and rubbing, rubbing she back with the other and she's like, she's starting to calm down, she's starting to calm down and then the plane starts to like stop going on so bad and then all of a sudden, boop, 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 boop. Oh, wow. By my lady scream out. 
Wow. And I called one of the, the waitresses, the, the, the air hostesses, and I was like, this lady, could you please communicate with her? Because, of course, the bilingual. Mm -hmm. Could you please communicate with this lady? Because I think she's really freaking out. Mm -hmm. Come to find out she didn't take some medication, something similar to gravel that I either yeah. took. She has a medication that she didn't take, and she came on the plane anywhere. She has motion sickness. She's deathly afraid of it, mm -hmm. but she has to go to wherever she has to go. She has to go to New York for every reason. And it's like, then is when I kind of realized, like, fear is like, it's not real. Like, nope. fear is, and when I said that, it's because I am afraid of heights, but... I why guess, are you really afraid of heights? Because I'm afraid to die. Like, but you, why are you afraid of something that you know has to come, regardless of what you? Because I don't want it to come. No, <laughs> like, like you, you do know you don't have any control over that, right? I have none at all. Exactly. But, but the thing is, I, the, the the fear fear I guess stops me from doing things that would compromise that very goal to not die. No, <laughs> you know, like like okay, for example, my dad works on with Caesar. Um, He's a carpenter, but he also is like, you know, he don't do everything. He's a contractor. And my dad works on us all the time. And I <laughs> used to go up with him. But I used to always stay away from the, like, the edge. Because I, if I look over the edge, I automatically feel like I'm already falling over the edge. So that fear instilled in me early mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if I'm going on a plane, like, what I think what defeats fear for me is logic. Mm -hmm. Planes don't crash normally. Mm -hmm. Like the majority of planes will never crash. ever crash, and it's the overwhelming majority. It's like ninety something percent of aircraft, like ninety nine something something high, mm -hmm. will never ever face any issues. We never face any like not crashing. Nobody gonna die, mm -hmm. you know. So if you hear a plane crash, it's like think of it: millions of flights, mm -hmm. millions a year, and one crash. Mm -hmm. It's highly unlikely. You're more you're more likely to boot up and die. Walking down the street, <laughs> then you are to die on an aircraft, and this, this is true. Fear mm -hmm. is not real. Yeah, it's it's something we create. It's a it's it's a choice, like everything else. You you choose it, and the thing about it is that um, what a lot of people fail to realize is sometimes that actually hinders you from becoming a better you. Yeah, sure. Right, you could be right on the brink of a breakthrough, but that fear it gonna stop you. As long as you keep feeding it. It can stop you from doing everything that you was really supposed to do. And, and it's weird because the only way to defeat it almost is by action. Mm -hmm. Like, I I am afraid. Like, people, when we used to sing for one side, God forbid, this is so far back in the past. <laughs> I got to bring it up one side. But when we used to sing for one side, like, I remember one time somebody asked me, like, you guys don't be scared. Mm -hmm. I'm like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> like... like I am definitely afraid. Like, I would go up on stage, me and Nikhil and would be singing and dancing, and I would be afraid that people ain't gonna like it. Like, all the work that we did to prepare for this could go for naught because people just don't like it. <clears throat> I, that was my fear. I would mm -hmm. fear that I forget the song. I fear that I go off key. I fear all of these things. Mm -hmm. But what happens is, I have to do it. We have a gig. Everybody that is within my immediate circle, all, these are the three guys. They've put in just as much work as I put in. And we can't I can't back out and, and let him down so like my responsibility to do it and my actions to do it outweigh my fear yeah and that's that's. Basic. but you wasn't afraid at all you don't understand no like I said I had like two and a half years to really think about it think about it to you, you understand what I mean and for me I think this year really had to be the year to do it because this year I'm like really pushing to launch from my motivational speaking and everything mm -hmm. like that so it was 
No, I never. If you understand what I do mean. Do I die? Yeah, and is is like, superhero. Don't <laughs> know it. It's like all the time, and just even to to add to what you were saying in terms of you know the gigs. You know, I I had this thing booked to go to the BVA to do my recordings for the same motivational um, pieces that I told you about. And you know, many times I almost pick up the phone and tell the guy, "Look, cancel this studio thing because." As much as I had all these scripts written and I had I rehearsed it and, you know, as you said, you put in the work. You put the work in, yeah. And I'm like, suppose people ain't like this thing. Like, what the hell would I have been doing all of this for? But then you, it was like, you, I was like, you know, Tyler, if you, if you quit, you would never know. You never know. Yeah. You would never know. You don't know what the, the type of person you would end up becoming. You don't know. Even if you impact just one, one person, person. Yeah. That's, that's the change that you're looking for. It just takes one person to trigger that change. And I was like, you know what, Tyler, just do this thing. If you flunk, it flunk. You just learn from it and you just go again. Lessons. And, yeah. And that's the, that's the thing. I think a lot of people are more afraid of the failure and not looking at it as a lesson. Because really and truly, failure is just a word that we also put there. It's just like a, we, we choose fear, we choose failure. Mm. And the thing about it is that failure is actually... define it as failure. Yeah. Failure is actually our friend. Failure is actually our teachers. You know, so it's like... Those two F words, fear and failure. God, I thought you would have said another F word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was God. waiting for you. I was like, go ahead, Tanya. It's not a, <laughs> no, it's not no, a kid's no. show. No, no, no. It's not we're, a kid's show. We're go just ahead. down to those two. Like fear, fear and, and failure. failure. They're friends. So there you go. Fear, failure equals friendship. Wow. Fear and failure equal friendship. Yeah, when you look, I mean, seriously, look at Please it. Please don't go into primary school. No, no I'm, <laughs> but I'm, maybe that's where I need to start because that's where you start molding that kind of thing because they develop fear at a really young age. Because imagine you're a preschooler or a kindergarten um, child, mm-hmm. and if your teacher is afraid of something, that child is going to see that example and think, well, oh my God, there's a reason I should be afraid of this. Yeah, we teach fear, man, definitely. Yeah, so definitely. It's, it's something that. It gets instilled in us really early. It's cultural. And that's a lot. That's, and then the thing about, I was even a person that failure for me was never a friend. I was like, I don't want to fail. Mm-mm. No? Who could fail more than me? I welcome I it. I'm serious. I welcome it. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a failure. Mm-hmm. Because look at it this way. It's either you did something wrong, you figure out what you did wrong, mm-hmm. and then you correct it. So you the next attempt, you're closer to you know achieving, achieving what you, what you wanted, you wanted. Achieve, yeah. because it, rather than if you never tried exactly but then say one say two if you're constantly winning 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 you're not growing you're not developing you ain't adding anything to your life you, mm. you're not learning anything mm. whereas with failure if you're consistently failing then it means you're consistently growing you're consistently you you're gaining knowledge exactly you've got to push beyond that, that and that's the thing with fear we want to stay within the realm of this of comfort zone. This, mm. this is the part where we're safe, yeah, as we we're say. Safe. Yeah, it's true. It's and true. Uh-huh. With, if everybody was like that, then we wouldn't have great people like Steve Jobs. We wouldn't have I Albert you Einstein. Call me name. God, no. <laughs> keep leading me on, Tyre. Come on, stop this. Uh-huh. I mean, look at it this way. I mean, as simple as it may see, we may be a small island, but look at um, all these prime ministers that we had before. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? If they really had this thing in their head, like, Okay, we're just supposed to stay doing sugar. We're just supposed to stay, you know, There'll enslaved. Be no development, no exactly, we'll be in the same crap hole, doing the same thing all the time. But Slaves. look at look at where we were then, and look 
to where we are now. Don't mind yeah, you. We don't broke. always get it right. Still eh? broke. Still broke. We ha- yeah, we don't always get <laughs> you it say, right. Yeah, we yeah. still broke. No, we still broke. <laughs> but guess what? We guess are. what? We're growing. We're learning. And we we're understanding. Yeah. And so we're, we're moving trying. forward. And diversification is the thing. And you, you're right. The thing is, I'm not so sure if fear is a choice. I'm not so sure. Because I think fear is taught. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but then we could still choose it. Even you though you're choose, taught something, you could choose whether you want to do it or not. You know? uh, I'm guessing I'm choosing like the lexicon different. Mm-hmm. It's not that I, I think I, I understand exactly what you're saying, um, and I agree with what you're what you're what you're trying, what what I think you're saying, because I think when I am afraid, I don't choose to be afraid, but I could choose to submit to the failure and not do anything. Fear exactly. is fear is a restrictor. It's like it stops me. I am afraid of jumping out of an aircraft, but jumping out of an aircraft might be one need to move to the next level. The uncomfort isn't a sign that I shouldn't do it. It's just maybe a sign that I need to be able to conquer it mm-hmm. in order to move to the next step. Um, the other day I had we had one guest on this show, and I learned so much from these guests, man. It's crazy. I learned a lot from Tyana because. Yeah, but I jump in out of this aircraft. But, <laughs> um, and I think it, it could be a metaphor for a lot of other things. In order for you to excel, you need to jump out of aircraft. But I was talking to, I think it's Hakim lately. Sorry to, to reference him so much. But he talked about something that, um, that was controversial but interesting. He said, you might be broke in a, in a broke place or you might not be in the place that you want to be. But that's the place that you have to be in order to move to the next level. Because... Yep. And this goes to something that I've been thinking. It's like sometimes you give a man a lot of what he wants, mm-hmm. but you don't give him any of what he needs and he doesn't grow. Like it's very possible for me to right now sit down and give you. Now, that's not possible, but theoretically, I could give you $3 million right now. And after that $3 million has been spent by you, you're in a worse position than you are now. Exactly. It's very possible. It's easy, actually. Um, you were not ready to make the full use of this three million dollars. But if I give you thirty dollars and mm-hmm. you could turn that thirty dollars into fifty dollars, then maybe you could have took, taken that three million dollars and turned it into five million dollars. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But the universe gives you what you need. Like unless you pass this test, you will repeat it. Exactly. Like people go to work every day thinking, if I work every day for this person, if I do this, if I do this, if I do that, then I'm going to be rich eventually. The one day they're going to just smile at me and say, here, take a million dollars. Really? That is unrealistic. It's never going to happen. You have a talent inside of you. What are you doing, doing with, with it? it? Exactly. Exactly. Like the universe already gave you the tool already, gave you the answer to the question that you always asking. Every single day you wake up, God, I hate my life. God, I hate Mondays. God, I hate to go to work. I'm telling you. But what are you doing with the talent that universe gave? Are you making excuses for it? Because most of the people who have achieved a lot of things, they didn't make excuses. They said, I have problems, yes. I have restrictions, yes. I'm going to beat these restrictions. I have to be smarter than these restrictions. I have to be more dedicated than the people who use these restrictions as, a, as an obstacle. And a lot of them were broke. They're they were broke. broke. Like Eric Thomas. Down to the bottom of the level. Exactly. Like living with a friend. I'm telling you. <laughs> so it's like, I don't even look down on people like... like I don't look down on people who broke poor. I don't look down on people who have less than me or anything like that. No. You are in the place you're in. You could judge me and say, hey, Stephen, you're this or that. But you don't know where I'm at. Exactly. You don't know what I'm trying to do. You don't know what I'm investing. It's like today I had a discussion with my brother. Um, and he was telling me, well, it was, yeah. Well, I mean, the conversation did go along these lines. But it's basically, you would see somebody. You would think that 
they're doing really, 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 really well. Like you see them driving a Prado, you see them living in a mansion, you see mm-hmm. them, you see their kids going to the best schools, you see them, all of these things happening. And you assume, oh, well, why doesn't this person give back to charity and never see them giving nobody no money yet, nothing they get or nothing. But you don't know how that person might be struggling to make them ends meet and to keep that, that vision that level, of, of yeah. success, that vision of success moving. Mm-hmm. Like they might be giving the all plus 100,000 in debt to get it done. Mm-hmm. You're not willing to do that. Because that is stressful as hell. Like, mm-hmm. if I you know I'm working at a deficit, I am stressed out. Like, especially if I don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just digging a hole. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see people are digging a hole. Yeah, but I mean, when you look at it too, from, you know, different perspective. I mean, let's use the same example. Mm. This guy, you know, as you say, he's, he's basically, according to you, what you're seeing. Because yeah. you're on the outside looking in. Of course, in. completely. You're seeing this fancy life, but... That's his lane. Mm. If you understand what I, mean. That's what I mean. That's his lane. He's at that level. But suppose there's something more for him. So for him, he's seeing that as rock bottom mm-hmm. because he knows that he has the potential to be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. So for him, he's struggling. Yeah. But from where you're standing, because you're so busy looking at his lane, you're not focusing on your lane, no eh? Yeah. You're so busy looking at his lane, you, you, you get so distracted from your lane, you actually stay where you're at. Mm. So you're watching somebody else progress and trying to judge their productivity um, and forget that, look, you have your own lane. Race. Everybody has a different level to be at. We're not, we're going to never all be at the, the same, same level, level at the uh. same time. And at the same, say one, say two, his struggle as you were saying, mm-hmm. his struggle might be 10 times that you can't handle. You can't so you handle, can't yeah. sit down there and say, well, oh, he ain't doing this. Why he ain't doing that? Mm-hmm. He can't give me a $50 because that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's usually that's, it. Yeah. That's usually it. We want handles, but we don't know what his internal struggle is. For all you know, maybe he and his wife sleeping in two different two bedrooms. You don't know. Whereas you got your girlfriend, you're living happy. You're exactly. Check. He's at one level. And that's, I think that's what a lot of people fail to understand too. Like when you're trying to get to the next level, don't be so concerned with the outside noise, the mm. outside distraction. Focus, just stay in your lane. You know that song when they tell you, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. Like, I mean, it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's, it's not a physical lane, but what I'm saying is that focus on what you want to, to do. do. You don't steady and project Oh, why he ain't giving to charity? Why you not giving to charity? Mm. Think about that. That I mean, you as as there's a saying that says the change you want to see, you it must first start that with yourself. Do. Be the change so, you want yeah, to see. Yeah, be the change. So I mean, don't be fussing over Mr. Mansion. You ain't know how unhappy for all you know he ain't sleeping because so much money in the bank. He ain't know who gonna rob him, it's so he true. can't sleep. But you and comfortable. No That's bank. what I'm saying. It, it just, you don't it know. Nobody you don't knows. know. And so, every and the thing is, you, you you're right about something. I think. Man, if we are we addicted to struggle? Do we like do we like to hang on to I mean as a culture? I don't think it's that we're addicted to struggle. I think, think the culture that we have here and I've seen it and I've experienced it because I've had certain events where you see like our culture we we're just busy distracted by what other people have and we figure we want it and we just don't want to push for it some of the times mm. and we sit back and think oh why that couldn't be me it can be you like I said earlier there is no special like you know everybody has their own gifts and if you don't make that gift into a reality or birth that gift yeah. then 
You can't sit there and say, well, you, you know, what he, how come he's succeeding and me succeeding? Because you're using what you have. Start watching what he has. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's not that we, I don't think it's Agreed. that we're addicted to struggle. I think we sometimes we sit and wait too much on handouts too much. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, you could sing. Okay, fine. What are you going to do about it? You can't just wait for somebody to just hey. discover you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to put in the work. You can't just assume that if I sit down in my house behind these four walls all the time, that how are they going to know your deal? You got to push. It's like, you, as you say, you put things out in the universe and the universe will respond. Mm-hmm. So if you're just basically keeping yourself in this bubble and just looking at what everybody Expecting else is doing, to yeah, you. it ain't going to happen. I tell you, that's powerful. It ain't going to happen. I mean, it's just, there's nowhere. I can't just automatically assume that you can sing if all we do every day is have a conversation. Mm. If we're having a conversation and I don't actually, the topic doesn't come up or if you don't say to me or if you don't drop me a line, you understand mm. what I'm saying? <clears throat> it's like you got to put, you got to tell people or you have to tell the universe, I am ready to do this now. Yeah. Tired it is. It, it is because look at it this way. I, when I went to Tom BVA last weekend to do my recordings, I took pictures and I posted on my WhatsApp. Mm. And everybody just automatically assume that I'm singing. Nobody knows that I write. Talia can sing? No, yeah, I can sing. Oh, no. Talia dropped the No, we ain't dropping the line up okay, in here. Okay, okay. <laughs> she shut me down, guys. I was trying to fish, but I didn't catch anything. <laughs> but I mean... People no, assume that you were singing. They assume I was singing. I mean, they don't know that I could sing. I used to sing a lot when I was younger in church, you know, school, different concerts, things like that. And you're but, not going to show us what no, you No, could, no, no, no. Not tonight. Not tonight. I'm going to try at the end of the show. <laughs> And that was the first question. I was like, no, I said, I write. Mm-hmm. I do motivational speaking. The, the, you know, I had to go and explain. And it's like, in their head, they're like, somebody from Sync it's doing this. Like, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, like, in their head, like, oh, you're supposed to be like a, you know, a movie star or some kind mm-hmm. of model. And you, no, I mean. And she looks like a model, guys. <laughs> for me, and the thing is, what triggered this is that. It's like you say, you have to go through something in order uh-huh. to get to the next level. Yeah. Two years ago, I literally was going through what I would think was the end. Because my struggle, like I said, is different to everybody, everybody else's. else's. Uh-huh. I felt like it was the end. For me, I just felt like it was the end. And a lot of stuff that I wrote, it really, I'm like, I can't be the only person that feeling this. Like. You know, mm-hmm. when, I, when I started writing, I was like, no, this is something weird. I don't want anybody else to feel like how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. There has to be a way where I could share this information and lift somebody else out, out of, of it. whatever it is. That, it may not be at the same level as mine, mm-hmm. but like I'm saying, if I could feel like this crappy, I ain't want nobody else to feel like this. Like this ain't, nobody else deserves to feel like this. You understand what I'm and saying? It's, it's terrible when you feel crappy and mm-hmm. you feel alone. I'm telling you. The coupling is horrible. It's horrible. You feel bad and you feel alone. Exactly. So for me, that's when I started doing a lot of writing. I mean, I used to write when I was young. I used to write a lot of stories and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. this level that I'm trying to push out now is mm-hmm. like a whole different level. Because I didn't even know it was there. And like you said, you have to go through something to know. Sometimes to even trigger what is actually, you know, actually there. I yeah. didn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. And all the time, when I did my first recording... And the guy played it back. He was like, you had this all the time. Like, where was this? Like, Mm -hmm. you understand what I'm saying? I said, I didn't know it was there. I said, it came out on paper. Mm -hmm. And when I put everything to it, because when he added the music and put projected it how he wanted it to come, Mm -hmm. that was a whole different Clarice. There was like a whole different tire. Like, I was like, people listen to it and they'd be like, that's not you. That that voice don't sound like you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's me. 
that's my words, that's my work. Like giving birth. To yeah. That. yeah. And it's a is a is an amazing feeling when you could actually Yes, it's good to watch somebody accomplish and be like, yes, I'm cheering you on. But when you see you actually birth something mm-hmm. that you know, like you put a lot into this, you really went the extra mile. When it actually comes into reality and you could it's touch it, shocking, yeah. I'm telling you, it's a whole different feeling. I'm going to share something with you. I'm going to share something with you. Um, the other day, I remember he had a friend of mine. She was doing something that I thought, and she didn't do it for money, but something that I thought would never catch on. Like just never. I won't say what it is because she probably listens to podcasts. <laughs> um, and I wanted to support it. Like I wanted to to support it because I wanted to support her. Not mm-hmm. necessarily that I thought it was a great idea, mm-hmm. but just you know, I wanted to support her and I wanted to, to f- like at least know that within her life that somebody, her friends, and so on, want to see her succeed. And I mm-hmm. think that's important. We don't do enough of it, but mm-hmm. that's our next topic for another time. And I honestly swear, Tyler, with all honesty, that this thing would fall flat. I thought that it would be like maybe three, four people who just like probably gave us some money. Mm-hmm. And then that would have been that. To my honest to God surprise, mm-hmm. it was completely sold out. Like about two weeks before the event actually happened. And uh-huh. it was it was not a party. Mm-hmm. It was like a motivational sort of development, self-development sort of thing. And to see it like, to see it have this sort of following that it ended up garnering, I was completely taken back. And mm-hmm. it taught me something. It taught me, and I shared it with my girlfriend, you know, I with my girlfriend and I said, um, I don't think this is going to do well. This is before I saw the, whole, the, yeah. the side come off the way that it came off, which was, again, it still shocks me to today. And I told her, I don't think this is going to do well in saying kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I limited it. I was like, I didn't think it would go again in saying kids. Saying kids, people like this. You know? mm-hmm. And I was surprised. And I ate my words, and I'm happy that I did. Mm-hmm. Because it does show that there is something manifesting in saying kids that is, it is breaking new ground. People mm-hmm. are not like, the, the, I don't know if it's the millennials, if it's us mm-hmm. being more open-minded, us as, us as millennials mm-hmm. being more open-minded, or uh, it's just being more like um, exposed to mm-hmm. different cultures and so on and mm-hmm. being, being aware and also accepting of it. But I was so shocked, Tyler. Like it blew me away. Mm-hmm. When I saw how it sold out and when I saw the pictures and so come out of how it went and so mm-hmm. I didn't I wasn't able to go. But when I saw the pictures come out, I yeah. was like, This is amazing. This young lady had an idea. Mm-hmm. She didn't falter, she pushed it with everything she had and it brought fruit. Yeah. Not just monetarily, but it, it inspired yeah. lives. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. This is absolutely the culture that I want to be in. Like, but that's what I'm saying. We have a lot, a lot in saying is that we have to offer. The thing is, I just hope that with all these things, I'm sure when you were growing up, I'm sure you didn't think that you would be in this position. Of course not. Because there was, there was. Really... I wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> but look at it this way: people who are in your kind of profession, mm-hmm. they're either working for like a, you know the local news company or something oh. that. If that's when I grew up. Yeah, that's what that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but look at look at. Look at what Blue Touch production is now. I'm sure if you I'm really... F- I, feel like, I feel like I'm being overstated. No, but, but seriously. I'm, thank you so much. <laughs> in all honesty, like, uh-huh. even when I was talking to the guy in um, Tartolo when I was doing my records, I was like, look, you have to come to Sengis because I'm telling him, I can't do all of my recordings. I said, you have to come to Sengis because you got to work with one of my own. Like, mm-hmm. I can't just be producing everything over here in the BVI. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I said, the two hour in one room is just going to be like, Bam! Like a big bang. Seriously. <laughs> because, I mean, 
the thing is people people like us who actually push beyond the, you know mm-hmm. the norm yeah man don't want normal yeah Give me just, everything else but yeah everything else but that and like if you could actually just, just even take a peek outside just to see what it's like and just get a taste mm-hmm. it's addictive of course. it's addictive of and course. we i think we have a lot of gifts in saying is that we just not we're yeah, too we're not, scared. We're, not, we're yeah, too scared. You're right. You're right. We're too scared, you're and right. it's not just it's you're not right. just scared. I think we feel like like you said, a lot of us sit back and expect, well, you know, somebody can just hand it to us. Yeah, yeah. Or we probably figure, oh, this idea is stupid. There's no such thing as a stupid idea. What I mean, what's the worst that could go wrong? Nobody come. Okay, and but at least you try. And then so, you pay back the bank. No, but what I'm saying is that you try. <laughs> yes, it did. Exactly. Well, you learn from it. Everything. Go back to the drawing board. Exactly. You Go back to the drawing board. Everything. And whereas somebody would have to come behind you and fail mm-hmm. doing what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. you actually know, okay, I could change this. I could adjust this. Exactly. I didn't do this. I could do this. I could exactly. try again. Try again. You might fail again. Okay. I realize we get two people now. I have to curb and see what, maybe tap into them, get some feedback. But you see, is your kind of frame of mind, mm-hmm. the way that you think, that's what I want more of, that's what I want us, as, especially as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Or even if you're an entrepreneur, you know, screw it. Exactly. Everybody. Exactly. Whether you're an entrepreneur, you work for people, whether you're a politician, everything. It's like, we might fail, but that's not the worst thing that could happen. Exactly. The worst thing that could happen is that we don't try. Exactly. That is the worst thing that could happen. Because if we don't try, we have nothing to learn. We have nothing to gain. Exactly. We might fail. We might try the first time and it, oh, it goes extremely well. Hell, that's if you could get some consultation, somebody who don't try already. And that's what consultants really are. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about it, consultants make thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. I could not believe. Yeah, but with those thousands of dollars, guess what? They made thousands of mistakes too. That is the thing. And and like They've, even here talking to you, that's like what's yeah. coming down to me is like a, a consultant is just somebody who has failed enough times to understand what works. Exactly. That is all a consultant is. All you're paying a consultant to do... <laughs> is to tell me what didn't work. <laughs> what didn't work. Make sure that we avoid mm-hmm. what didn't work. Because they are political consultants. They are mm-hmm. consultants who deal with real estate. They are consultants in almost everything. And it's like, if you think about it, I used to think that what they were being paid was ridiculous. Like, I heard one consultant say he walked home with $65,000, one consultancy, insane kids. Mm-hmm. 65 grand. And I think in my mind, God damn, I just do video, I don't even get close to 65 grand something. Like, they, uh. Because remember, when, you, when you're doing that, when you're in that kind of field, you, you already made the mistakes. Those yes. mistakes cost you whatever. They might have, yes. So yes. then guess what? I'm going to this company to guide them basically to avoid these mistakes, mistakes. Um, which is millions of dollars that they could have probably been losing exactly. so if i had to weigh the odds of paying ten thousand dollars to this guy they're helping see. me avoid these million dollar mistakes and wasting hell yes time. yeah you're wasting time so hell yes of course i can pay the ten the ten thousand dollars versus wasting a million dollars to go find out the same thing man trying to reinvent the wheel tile mind just blown <laughs> All right, like I came to that realization and it just made so much sense. Mm-hmm. Like if you are dealing with a multi-million dollar company and you're going to make a multi-million dollar investment, you need a consultant. Yeah. You don't mind paying a consultant even $100,000 if he's going to save you millions of dollars. Exactly, and that's what it is. But then even if we're going to flip it, I think what we need to do as, as people in any region, and especially in a smaller region, we need to start to capitalize on ideas, man. Like, yeah. We need to start putting value to ideas. Something we come in here, we just chat. 
I think that's why the Chinese and the Taiwanese are so much ahead of us because they don't just anything that come to them, they put they put pen to paper. They don't just sit down on it. That is where they, they beat us by far. And then I feel, but you see, the thing is, we could go into talking about that deeper because there's a lot of reasons why the Chinese the Chinese <laughs> win. Um, mm. um, a lot of it has to do with economics. But you're right though. The one thing is that they're not afraid. They will go to an island not knowing anybody in the island mm-hmm. and they will succeed. Um, somebody said something to me. That I had a conversation. You need to talk to this guy one of these times. I need to bring Twyo on it at the same time because you have a lot of experience when it comes to management and supervising and all of that. And also being employer the month like a hundred times. Guys are going to blow. <laughs> I'm blow tire. Trumpet tire has been employer the month a hundred and something times. She could tell you. If she don't tell you that, she's downplaying her, her successes. But I was talking to one of my old classmates. His name is Quasim Walker. He's actually, we have an episode with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about, um, basically, when it comes to, like he was talking about money. Like his whole episode was focused on money. But mm-hmm. the reason I want the two of you in the same room is because his his mindset mm-hmm. is not necessarily making a profit up front. That's not his thing. His mindset is to create an avenue or create people who see money mm-hmm. as a way for money to make money. money. Not as a way for you to be enslaved by money. money. Uh-huh. You check what I mean? And one other thing that he talked about that you just, just you just mentioned, he was touching on... Um, when it, when it comes to people coming to St. Kitts, he was talking about the foreigners. He says, whenever an Indian person comes here, they don't come here to look work. They come here to make work exactly. and hire the locals afterwards. Exactly. Whenever a Chinese person comes here, they come here to make work and then hire the locals afterwards. But we, when we leave to St. Kitts, go anywhere. We don't leave St. Kitts to create nothing. We leave St. Kitts to go finding work. Exactly. So we leaving to go work for somebody where people come in here to actually make work for us to do. And it's like and it should be the other way around. It really should be. People should be coming here to work for us. Mm-hmm. But we, because of I don't the dynamic. Maybe as as Nikhil would normally say, we live in a slave economy, mm-hmm. um, and a, and a culturally built slave economy where the yep. people have no value for themselves, and they have normally we don't have enough. We don't attribute enough value to what we do because we do everything. But we need to start to think instead of me going to work for somebody. How could I create something that people want mm-hmm. and manufacture that? But that's what Steve Jobs did. That's where he started from. Steve Jobs gave a lot of people ideas too, but you know. Yeah, but so I, we ain't even got to come up with the ideas on what? our own. Even if he stole people's ideas, he was the one that was brave enough to take the chance, push beyond the comfort zone. He was. He he also pioneered a lot of things. He was very um, strict about his vision. Um, and I think it took it took a lot of courage for you to not yield when other when the pressures from outside. Like, exactly. I mean, if you got investors and they're telling you, I don't care what you want to do, you're doing what gonna make us money. money. And you're telling them, no. If you're not gonna do what is innovative and forward thinking, I'm leaving this company. He exactly. left Apple. Yeah. Be- he left Apple before. But look at where Apple is now. I mean, I mean you would you would think amazing. that trillion dollar yeah. company. You would think that people, this thing, I mean, Motorola died out. Uh, All these other... Nokia left uh, us. Yes, I mean... Windows Phone didn't We're now battling between Samsung and Apple, but I mean, in all, even as much as I'm a Samsung fan... And the Chinese companies. Yeah, as much as I'm a Samsung fan, I have to give it to Apple. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I give it to Huawei. Sorry. You gave it to who? Huawei. (laughs) It's spelled like Hawaii. I give it to Huawei. I give it to the Chinese companies, and the, Mm -hmm. the reason I give it to them is because, well... 
the Chinese companies are not afraid to do one thing that Apple is not is probably never going to try to do. The Chinese companies will give you a thousand US dollar phone in a two, with a two hundred US dollar price tag. Wow. And How they are they don't, doing this? Because it's subsidized. It's heavily subsidized. Remember the Chinese. The Chinese never play the short game. Like mm-hmm. we might be thinking, how could they make money this month? Mm-hmm. But the Chinese are thinking, how could they? They're thinking destroy? residual income. That's what they're doing. Yes, but they're also thinking, how could I destroy my competition and allow me to remain alone in the market? Mm-hmm. So if destroying my competition means I don't make a profit for the next ten years, fine. We'll use the Chinese trillions of dollars for that purpose alone. Mm-hmm. Whereas America is spending millions and millions of dollars on uh, I'm saying the wrong thing. Trillions of dollars <laughs> on warfare mm-hmm. and remaining the most powerful military entity which is not how wars are fought now anywhere. So with all of this building and this $25 billion plane that they never used to even shoot down one aircraft, nobody's fighting that anymore. Nobody's doing that anymore. It's all economic. It's mm-hmm. all strategic. I am going to give these rebels some guns. They are going to fight this war and it's going to send refugees to the West. Mm-hmm. And while they're going to the West, I am, then it, it creates a situation where the, 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 the people who live there start to get frightened. Mm-hmm. Tell me if I'm describing something. <laughs> when they start to get frightened, somebody comes up, they dwell on that fear. They use that fear to conquer the current system and mm-hmm. create... Um, systems in that government that would restrict the people from ever being productive again. Yep. Send them back to the Stone Age because fear, that's what fear does. It's, yeah. rec- it's a, a recessive sort of um, input. Mm-hmm. It's like, instead of growing and accommodating and allowing and ac- accepting, fear tells you to never accept, don't grow, stay stagnant, exactly. re- repel, repel, repel. Yep. People who go into other countries usually go into other countries and they add a lot to the country. We might not want to accept it, but because the Chinese are here, certain industries have boomed. Mm -hmm. Like even when it comes to supermarkets, the people who are doing the the high profit margin stuff, Mm -hmm. they got to reconsider their business model. The consumer is benefiting, sort of. The consumer is benefiting because other companies got to find a way to do it more efficiently. Yeah, You see what I mean? But like... Again, America is spending trillions and trillions of dollars still fighting wars that nobody fighting and investing in things that nobody care about. Whereas the Chinese taking the trillions of dollars and say, hey, look, we're going to send our businesses into every corner of the world. Yep. And whether they make money, yes or no, we know we have enough bankroll for them to last longer than any competition they're facing. So yeah. whereas the Chinese them come in saying, it's, the Chinese them could last, with, with all the money world, they could last way longer than any petition company could last. Yeah. They cannot, you cannot beat them. They will make one cent on things. You cannot survive on one cent. You do not have the mass market. You don't have the volume to do it. And that is scary. Mm-hmm. But we just got to find something else. Yeah. Is either we're going to get stricter government policy. We're going to make more money off of them, which might affect trade. All of these things. Mm-hmm. But it's just, with all of that said, the Chinese them have a different model. So when it comes to phones, back to the point, when it comes to phones, they don't mind over, like, over giving you more value than your money mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we, they, all they're doing is stealing customers who would normally go for the $1,000 because everybody don't want to spend 1000 US dollars on a phone. And the phone's getting more and more expensive every year. I'm telling you. Whereas the Chinese, them still sticking around the two, 300 US dollar range. They do not care to make a loss because at the end of the day, they're going to get those customers when Apple them finally hit the, the, the top that they could possibly hit, and people get fed up of spending fifteen and sixteen and seventeen hundred US because their sales did dip this year for the first time ever. Well, actually, last year, between last year and this year, 
the sales dip for the first time. Yeah, it, it's all going to boil down to that because at some point you're going to have that gap, that cap on that where you can't afford it. Yep. The, the wages ain't going up enough exactly. for you to afford an Apple phone. It's, just, it's, it's coming to that point. Yet, Apple is saying, look, we're not making enough money on these models. We need to find a way to make more money mm-hmm. because they want to grow. Mm-hmm. They want to be a $2 trillion company as soon as possible. Yeah. So it's just, it's just reaching a kind of weird head and to stay on top of the curve is difficult because it takes a lot of like research and development and failure over mm-hmm. a year to bring out a new phone that looks different. But sometimes, Yuri, I don't know if you realize it, but some of these phones, they don't really have much added features. They just call it, they slap on another label on it, like, yeah, we just clean the lens a little more. We just, <laughs> you know, I mean, it makes no sense, but we buy into these things. Because we're buying into the brand. So there you go. And even like, even the phones, like, you ever realize no matter what happens, Apple changes, Apple, Samsung, all them, they always change where the, the camera is located. Yeah. It either shifts like horizontally, vertically, shift to the middle, over center. They have, they have to have a reason. For them, it's a substantial reason as to why I'm slapping on a couple hundred dollars more on what you're buying. I don't even know if they have to have a substantial reason anymore. I think, I don't even, they'll, people just buy it just because buy it's, it. yeah, because it's Apple or just because it's Samsung or, you know, just because it's Nike, just because it's, jo- yeah, there are people who just, for them, brands is everything. So... That's why I can go with the budget phones. On a, <laughs> on a eight, I'm not pushing it, but I'm just saying, I just I buy the budget phone. I'd mm-hmm. see no issue. Like, I, I bought a budget phone. Not going to say what it is. Bought a budget phone. I, had, I was an iPhone user for years. Mm-hmm. For years. Like, my first real smartphone, I think, was an iPhone. Mm-hmm. First real smartphone after the Nokia them died out. First real, I bought an iPhone. Loved it. Bought another iPhone. Loved it. Got an iPhone. Bought for me, I think. Loved it. Bought another iPhone, I think. And that was it. Mm-hmm. When I bought the last iPhone, it, it was destroyed in like a year. Mm-hmm. I tried fixing it. Of course, that don't work. And then I had to kind of deal with a half limping phone, you know, for a whole half year. And I'm like, but I spent like 600 US dollars on this, man. Like, yeah. And they saying last a year and a half. Like, That's the whole point because they want it to be ready for, for the, the next, next upgrade. One. I'm not in that line. I'm not giving you... That's a whole bit. That's more than... Buying a thousand, spending a thousand US dollars a year is more than I would spend on my vehicle insurance. Like, and my vehicle works. Like, <laughs> it moves me from left to, and it allows me, facilitates me making my money. This phone, I don't need it. Like, what do you do on your phone? Everything. Everything. So you go on the internet. Mm-hmm. You go on WhatsApp, mm-hmm. Instagram. Yeah. Right? I read documents. Read documents. I watch movies. Watch movies. You pay bills because pay bills. <coughs> they got apps. Do, yeah, you got apps to do that. Um, Everything is an app now. You make a phone call, which is the last. Thing. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> then it's somebody, all a phone. Somebody, you should just not call it a phone because <laughs> it's not. We do be like hardly. You basically walking around with a mini computer anyway because you could. This do is your laptop now. Yeah. You use the phone sparingly because WhatsApp the voice sparingly <laughs> so you use your phone is, is now your camera as well because is your camera they're making these things so high end with these lenses and it's like it's in your pocket the mm-hmm. best camera is the camera you have on you what else do you do with the phone everything That's some people everything. watch porn okay so moving on so what I'm saying is <laughs> I'm saying is all of what you've suggested all of what you said you do with your phone you don't need an iPhone to do that you don't need a Samsung to do that no. all budget phones do 
all of, of those that. things. Yeah. I use it like when well my phone, my phone, I mash up the other and uh, I was using my girlfriend's DL501, which is a digital model, but it's Alcatel really mm-hmm. that they rebrand and put digital on. I don't care, they do what I gotta do. Everybody trying to make a dollar. And I was using that phone for two weeks. And you know what I found out? The phone had eight gigs of RAM. Eight what? gigs of eight gigs not of RAM. Eight gigs of storage. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I had like two, maybe a gig of RAM. Mm-hmm. I used a phone for two weeks and I got comfortable using the phone. Like, I didn't like the fact that it was running out of space all the time because mm-hmm. I wanted certain apps on it and one of them and I was being spoiled. But what I'm saying is, that phone worked for me mm-hmm. for two weeks. For two weeks, Tyler. Wow. It did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. I'm like, where am I? Like, and this phone is basically free with a plan. <laughs> you check what I'm saying? So it's like, it completely changed my mind. It's like, it even influenced what I would buy next. Because, of course, I can't keep my girlfriend's phone for the rest of my life. So I had to buy a new phone and whatnot. But then I was like, I'm not spending more than 220 US dollars on a phone. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Because this deal for free did it for me for two weeks. I yeah. didn't complain. The only thing, again, it was running out of space. So I bought a phone with, of course, more, more space. space. So I bought like a 64 gig because that was the minimum that they mm-hmm. offer now. But for that model. And I'm fine. I like it. I got a little <laughs> kickstand on the thing. I could watch my movies. It could hold a lot of movies. Who cares? <laughs> There's expandable memory, so I don't have to spend no more money. I could mm-hmm. buy 128, 256 gig cat, slap that in, never want for space ever again. Exactly. Why are we killing ourselves for why are we killing ourselves for nonsense? Are we making um my friend I had on this podcast, he said the other day, some of us to buy Apple products every year and we don't even have shares in Apple. Exactly. Exactly. But guess what? If one of our friends has something that's even just as productive, we ain't spending a dollar deal. We ain't spending a dollar deal. Tyler, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for being on. I don't know if you have anything else that you want to add. No, it's just been, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to be here. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Yes. Playing, yeah, no, seriously. Every, every interaction, I was always told that every interaction, every contact that you make, whether it's a human being or an animal, whatever the situation is, you could actually learn something you could learn from something. you. There, Once you there, open. Exactly. It may be something small. It may be something large. You never know. It may be something that's just life-changing, but you, there is always opportunity to learn in the smallest or the simplest of things. Come with an empty cup. Yes. It is now filled. <laughs> So, Tanya, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Tanya, thank you so much for being here. We're going to do our incorrect section really, really quickly. <laughs> because you tried to record it before and you didn't get it done right. <laughs> oh, God, she just let me out. So, we already did the incorrect section. We're going to just do it one more time. Okay, what was my incorrect? I don't even remember what my incorrect were. Okay, um, okay, I think I remember. Okay, my incorrect, number one, incorrect, then incorrect, 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 incorrect. If you jump out of an airplane, you're guaranteed to fall flat and die. You're guaranteed that you're not going to survive jumping out of an aircraft. Uh-huh. Incorrect. <laughs> Toya, darling. Oh, my God. So ashamed. Yes, because I have no clue what I said last time. Oh, snap. That was actually my, my statement. Oh, crap. <laughs> I gave her ammunition, guys. Okay, second incorrect. Um, I love dogs. Love them with all I have. They are the best. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's incorrect. Uh-huh. Yeah, just say no. <laughs> say no. You're a parent. Tell your number two. My number two. Hmm. Wow. 
out. <laughs> <laughs> now my mind is really gone blank. It's really blank. Is this correct or incorrect? It's incorrect. Oh, snap. Okay. You got it right for what's behind door number Number one. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, I want the chest set and the the centerpiece. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's not really what I wanted. I wanted the card, you know, the handle. Um, Okay, so my last incorrect number three. um, Jumping out of an airplane is much more difficult than parenthood. You know, um, it can go both ways, so I'm not sure if that really counts. Uh, For me, for me, for me. Parenthood is much more difficult. Especially if you got a little demon, you're like, oh, Oh, God. How do they buck up on this today? Tyler, your last one. My last one. I'm wearing a kilt. (laughs) (laughs) She is. No underwear. What? Inappropriate. All right, um, she isn't. Um, okay, so great. Thank you so much, Tara. Tara, please again drop your um your handles for us so that we could follow you. I know you're doing your um your motivational channel and your motivational um projects. Yes. So um, it's currently a work in progress, but look out for it come June first. It's gonna be Rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling. So how do how do we reach you? Do we reach you now or do we wait till June first? Um, you could always reach me now. Reach mm-hmm. out to me now. I mean, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you mm-hmm. could just look for Claricia Bell. Mm-hmm. And via my Instagram, which I post on a regular as well, you could look for Limitless underscore Visionary. Limitless. And visionary. that's that usually has you know posts that motivates or you know, I I keep it real. So if it's happening, it's happening. Could, it's happening. I've, I'm not sugarcoating it for you. So if you know you can't handle the truth, stay go away. home. Stay away. <laughs> stay away. Don't don't get tangled in. So so a uh, okay. So Tanya, thank you so much for being on the show, guys. You've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. This is the second time we've done this part, by the way. Guys, <laughs> uh, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. My, I'm your boy Stephen. If you want to, you could check us out on Instagram. We are at um, Objectively underscore Incorrect. Incorrect is spelled I N C O W R E C K E D. All right, it's spelled incorrectly. You can check us out at in- objectivelyincorrect.com. And you could also send us a line if you want to, if you want to email us and ask us any questions or if you have any ideas for topics or you want to just tell me how lonely you are at 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay, if you, if no, you know, you know what, no. You know, <laughs> send those inquiries to, um, you know, to, to, to Tyler. Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, no, she says no. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, guys. But yeah, it's at um, objectivelyincorrect at gmail.com. You can check us out there as well. We're on iTunes, we're on Podbean, and we're also on SoundCloud. So thank you so much for listening, guys. As usual, peace. No gang signs. You want to be? You want me to check to make sure we got it now? Yeah.